The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, my first guest this morning is famous for a washing machine, but Endo Doherty is much more. He carried that washing machine to remind people not to carry a heavy load and he carried it from Belfast to his hometown of Waterford and even up Mount Kilimanjaro. And He's written a book about those experiences and much more. Endo joins me this morning to tell us more about his book, I'm Fine, Thoughts on Life, Addiction, Love and Health, which he co-wrote with journalist Dermot Keyes. Nice to see you again, Endo. And you are. Good morning. How are it, you? I don't know about a... the famous. I think more infamous might be better. <laughs> <laughs> We've, we talked, oh, it must be six years ago now about your your motivations for carrying a washing machine, as I said, up Mount Kilimanjaro. But the start of it really was from Belfast to your hometown. Yeah. Um, how are your knees? Um, the body's falling apart. But I said, I said to someone the other day, you know, I said I hit 50. I woke up the next morning and my teeth fell out, my hair fell out, my prostate fell out, my knees <laughs> fell apart. It was literally the next morning. But I, I, I think the washing machine probably contributed to that. But look. It was a real, real adventure and a, an honour and a privilege to do it. Um, I was sitting outside the radio station here waiting to come in and I was having flashbacks to, I rang the radio station, I rang my favourite station, Beat, here one day and I told the nice lady in reception that I had a washing machine in my back. I was simply at the time walking around Waterford mm-hmm. training. And, I remember um, seeing you walking yeah, up the Dunmore Road. So um, straight in to Beat and on the breakfast show in the studio with my washing machine, had a double heart attack and fast forward six years later, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. <laughs> you didn't actually have a double heart attack though. Let's no, 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 not one. yet, not yet. But um, yeah, look, my reason for carrying the washing machine was that, you know, particularly in the times we're living at the moment with COVID, so many people are under stress and anxiety and under pressure. And um, my simple message with the washing machine was don't carry something stupid around that could, you know, take your life, literally share the load, ask for help. Mm-hmm. My washing machine was highly visible. You couldn't miss it. So many people that you're working with today might, you know, they'll say literally like my book title says, I'm fine. But the truth is, you know, they're carrying a load that's so heavy and so difficult and they're really struggling. So we need to ask people if they're OK. Um, and we're, we're living in very trying times at the moment. Have you seen that there's a difference in people saying I'm not OK? Um, do you Compared know, to six years ago. Yeah, I think definitely. And particularly, you know, with males, I, you know, I, I, a lot of guys, I think, are coming particularly to the realisation that, you know, real strength is admitting when you need help, when you have a problem. I would have been at the mindset, never show weakness, never tell anyone, you know, but um, really that's, it's not the way to go. You mm-hmm. know, the way to go is if you need help in any shape or form in life, particularly with your mental health, you need to look after it. I think what I notice is a lot of people are experiencing anxiety, stress for the first time ever. You know, people who previously might have said, oh, this whole anxiety and panic attack thing, sure, it's, you know, it's it's like an American import. But a lot of people are experiencing, you know, real mental health stress for the first time. And I suppose um, that's one of the reasons in the book, actually, we went back and wrote a chapter specifically about COVID and uh, dealing with COVID. Because the first few days I began to lose sleep, I began to be panicky. I began to revisit how I felt when I came off alcohol. And then it dawned on me, I've been here before, I know what this is and I know how to deal with it. And the publishers weren't very happy, but I wrote back and I said, look, I insist we put this in because people need to know, you know, how do you deal with these feelings and what do you practically do when you feel bad? What so, did you practically do? Even one thing? Uh, well, the first thing is I stopped, you know, well, if I, this is an awful thing to say now, but if Don will kill me if he's listening to this. But if you watched a romantic movie together, it would elicit, we'd hope, certain okay. feelings. I think what I stopped doing was feeding my brain with negative, hostile media, uh-huh. you know, you know, f- constantly on Twitter, Instagram, reading about COVID death rates, infection rates, you know, and if you program yourself, you know, OK, we need to be informed. You mm-hmm. need to know the facts. You need to know what to do. But if you if you feed yourself with negativity and with stress and anxiety, that impacts on you. 
um, I sleep, my sleep pattern began to change. So mm. I needed to fight like hell to get that right. So I got up earlier. Went and you to bed. are an early riser already. I am, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm now up at, I'm up at five a.m. now, but <laughs> I love it because you know, I, you know, one of the things I've said in the book is that you know the average person listening to this broadcast today lives twenty eight thousand days. That's the average number of days you live. Okay. So for me personally, it's just so important that we squeeze the life out of today, you know, and enjoy it and get as much out of it as we can, regardless of COVID or anything else. Yeah, true, true. Let's talk about the book. I'm fine. Um, you go way b- back. Um, I have a feeling this is quite a cathartic book for you yourself because you have a chapter on your mum. Yeah. Um, you talk very honestly about your alcoholism. Um, you have a chapter for yourself, age 21. <laughs> <laughs> what made you write this book? What was your motivation for this? Do you know, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It was in many ways, it's been treatment. You know, Dermot, uh, Dermot Keyes, fantastic writer. Um, Dermot interviewed me on the day we walked into Waterford and I just clicked instantly. And I knew he understood the story and why I was writing this book. Um, you know, the dedication inside the front cover, the book is dedicated to anyone who's lost family or friends to suicide, which in Ireland is a huge number of people. But it's also dedicated to someone who picks up the book in a bookshop or someone who's listening to this now and feels the dark clouds are so dark and impenetrable. There's no sunshine they can't get through. And it's to remind people, you know, there is a way to get through. Um, I wrote this book, I suppose, to be a beacon of hope for people. I sat in my garden shed drinking bottles of whiskey for a week, plus wine, plus everything else, to the point that I saw no purpose in my life. And, you know, thankfully, um, I didn't go that direction. I certainly thought I had suicidal thoughts, but... Um, it's to remind people, you know, that there's always a way out. There's always hope, you know, and I think more than ever, you know, I was I was um, I was being slagged outside the radio station there by one of your colleagues about talk about good timing to write a book about mental health resilience in, in the middle of a pandemic. I had nothing to do with the pandemic, mm-hmm. but I think it's, you know, it, it's 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 really funny sometimes in life the way things work out. You know, if there was ever a need for people to laugh, to smile, to get some hope, um, this is the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an end of 1.0 and an end of 2.0 <laughs> in your in your book. You have done your research. <laughs> when did the end upgrade begin? Can you even pinpoint an age that 2.0 began? I'm sure it's not like an instant oh, I can. iPhone update. I'm no, sure it was a few years no, coming. No, I can tell you the exact moment to the minute it happened. So mm-hmm. it's the 10th of November, 12 years ago at 10 o'clock. Okay. Because um, that was the night I said, I'm done drinking. That's my last drink. Okay. What age were you then about? What, 39, 40? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I said to my wife, I'm done drinking. And she said to me, you know, if there's any married men or people in relationships, men listening to this, they'll, they'll have heard this tone of voice. My wife replied, oh, that's great, love. <laughs> Which really meant you couldn't if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And of course, I love a challenge as it transpires. But um, I decided that um, I would stop. Now, I think, you know, to be fair, my crisis mental health difficulties really appeared when I stopped medicating with alcohol. Because a lot of people use alcohol to medicate depression and anxiety. But um, I think that was definitely the starting point. I think the thing to remember, too, is that, you know, um, when we say end of point one and end point two, it's definitely an improvement. My life has improved and changed. But your mental health for me, you know, it's it's a continuum. I have bad days now, but I don't have bad months and I definitely don't have bad years. Mm-hmm. But it's it's about realizing that, you know, I suppose end of point two is kinder to himself. I'm more cognizant of who and what makes me happy and I pursue it more. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people get up today and they think happiness is an accident. You know, I hope I have a good day today. I don't do that. Like I actively do things that make me happy. I actively hang around or communicate with people that lift me or lift my spirit. My hap- my happiness is no longer an accident, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say it's a great read and it's very, um, 
stark in places. Is that a good word for it, do you think? Yeah, it is. Look, it's, it's I, I, you know, I work as a motivational speaker with businesses and teams. Now, a lot of people, um, you know, the whole area of mental health and, and suicide and depression can be quite dark. I didn't want it to be one of those books. Um, I want it to be a book that, you know, you know, the book where you have to put the cup of tea down or the coffee down because you're laughing so hard, you yeah. put a spill it on the book. Um, I want it to be a book that, you know, you're in work the next day and you have to say to your friend, come here, wait till I tell you this. I was reading this thing last night. <laughs> I, I said that I, makes me think, though, that you're did anyone in your family go, ah, and don't put that in. Um, well, I want to maintain relationships. So they were all shown everything and okay. had 100 percent editorial control. And was there any kind of no, don't do that? Oh, yeah. My dad, oh, God's <laughs> sake. But my dad was lovely and I know he won't be listening to this, so I can say it. But <laughs> I printed out the chapter on my dad, uh, my mum's passing and her, her battle with cancer. And I gave it to my dad. And um, I gave him a pen. I said, Dad, now you cross out anything that you don't want said because he's he's 82. And in his world, once it was crossed out on the page, that meant it was gone. He had Mm -hmm. no concept of uh, hard drives or cyberspace or cloud or editorials. So he put a circle around anything he didn't want in and we took that out. But I mean, there was nothing dramatic. But the the purpose, you know, the book, honestly, you know, it could have been double the length. Um, The book is about, I suppose, too, it's about the stories of the people who inspired me. It's about the amazing Waterford people who walked from Belfast to Waterford. It's about the amazing people who raised, you know, the best part of, I don't know, 280,000 euro by coming to Kilimanjaro. You can't miss the baldy fellow with the washing machine um, in the book or at the front of the story. But I think it's really important that that I sort of speak about or acknowledge the fact that um, I was only as good as the people that inspired me and the people who helped me. And that was a huge number of people and no many who listened to the station. Well, it's out tomorrow, October 26th. It's called I'm Fine, Thoughts on Life, Addiction, Love and Health by Endo Doherty with Dermot Keyes. Um, how are you feeling about tomorrow when it's out? Oh, it's all God. real then. It's really exciting. Look, I'm I'm celebrating the fact that I've arrived at the fin- at the start line to sell it and that the book is written and, the, you know, we've, we've done all that stuff. Um, I know for a fact my sister's going to buy one, my brother's <laughs> going to buy one and my dad, actually, no, I'll probably have to buy his. So I know I've sold two, okay. right? Okay. But this book was never about, you know. And you can't obviously travel to bookstores to sign yeah. or any of that well, stuff. Initially, the, the plan was to have, you know, six or seven hundred people in the wit and celebrate the night mm. with all of the people who are part of the story in the story. That went to 350 to 50 to zero. But, you know, the book is about resilience and overcoming difficulties in life. Covid is a challenge. So the thing is, you know, I couldn't write this book and sit on the couch and sulk. So I'm going to be on every radio station, every social media. I'll talk to anyone about the book. I want this to be a success. I want this to be a book that makes a difference in people's lives. Um, I want it to be the book or, you know, when you're on the holidays and you throw the flip flops in the bin and the shorts or the swimsuit. I'm not bringing that back to Ireland. I don't know why Irish people do this. We mm-hmm. fill the bin in the hotel yeah, room leaving. Do that. All the holiday books get fecked in the bin. I want this to be a book that you go, do you know what? I'm going to bring this home for my friend or I'm going to read this at Christmas again. Um, I want it to be a book that has purpose and has meaning and, and please God it will. Mm-hmm. And pass it on how after that it's out now while we're um, experiencing lockdown all over again. Uh, it's called, as I said, I'm Fine. Thoughts on life, addiction, love and health by Enda O'Doherty and it's out tomorrow. Enda, thank you so much. For Thanks, Orla. And could I, could I just say at the finish, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to buy it, um, of course, there's a million platforms, but probably the best thing to do is shop local. Go yes. to your local bookshop and buy it. Well, that's all you can do, really, yeah, unless absolutely. you're buying it online. Online, <laughs> or you can buy it from endodoherty.ie. Brilliant. OK, so hopefully if you can get it from a shop that does click and collect, try and do that to shop local. Thank you so much, Enda. Thanks a million. And thanks for being coming in, us being the first person that you chat to about Yay. this book. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, my next guest is doing something that I have dreamt about on countless occasions, but she and her husband are going for it and have to now, don't you, Rose, really? Indeed, yes. Now that this has started. <laughs> um, they are going to sell up and go travelling the world. Obviously, not right now because global pandemic and all, but in 2021, Rose Jones and her husband, Colin, intend to travel the world in a camper van just in time for a significant birthday for Rose. And in order to get funds together, Rose and Colin are holding a raffle with some fairly big and personal prizes. Rose is here this morning to tell us more. So tell us what you're raffling. Okay, so (laughs) mad, I know, but we're raffling our three-bedroom house, our car well my husband's car and 5,000 cash wow okay so you buy a ticket for a fiver so it's five pounds but because it's on an English site Ah, but it converts to five euro fifty okay and there's 80,000 tickets so if the 80,000 tickets are sold obviously the draw will go ahead for us to hand over the house and the car Mm -hmm. and the cash Mm mm-hmm if we don't make the 80,000 then 75% of the tickets sold to that date which is the 20th of December the winner still gets 75% of the ticket sales, which okay. would be a nice wad of cash. So it's 80,000 tickets or 80,000 euro you want to 80, get? 80,000 tickets. Tickets, okay. Yeah. Wow. And how is it going so far? How many tickets Brilliant. have you We're sold? We're pushing 12,000 now and we still have 59 days to go. Okay. All right. That's all the the uh, technicalities of it. How, like, how did you come up with this idea? Well, we've always dreamt about going travelling. Are you travellers? Are you someone who would have gone travelling a lot when you were younger? Just holidays, just your normal because work gets in the way. You Mm. just end up, you know, living your life, paying your bills. So I'm hitting 50 next year and my husband's already 50. Okay, Don't tell anyone. I won't. (laughs) And we decided it was really during the pandemic first hit in March. We said, God, what are we doing? I'll be 50 next year. I can't even go on holidays this year. I can't go anywhere. Why don't we just try something different? And we couldn't sell our house because obviously nobody can come and you can't bring anybody into your house. Mm -hmm. So I just looked up online and and I came across this site where people were doing this all the time. And I've spoke to some of the people who've done it. And the the winners have taken their house and their car and they've they've gone off to Australia or whatever. Just seemed amazing. Another way of doing it. So we said, why not give it a go? Now, you've put a lot of work into this house. It's meant to be yes. your forever home. Yep. It must be. It must have been a big decision to do this. It was, yeah, it mm. was. But do you know what? Life is for living. It really is. We have to look at the people around you. There's n- nobody able to do anything. So I think got to do it, got to do something. Okay. So I said, that's it now. So 2021, as we get closer and closer to it, I'm, I'm thinking it could be maybe, when are you thinking you could go? Well, I suppose we were hoping January, but I don't see January now. Maybe February, possibly March, but we're definitely going next year, whatever and happens. You're going to do the whole camper van thing? Yes, we've got a bus, an old bus. It's a 16-seater where we took out the seats. So you've bought the bus? <laughs> yeah, we, we have the bus. Okay. And we're converting it at the moment. Okay. That's our, our project at the moment because we finished converting the house. Now we're on to the camper van. And where is it? Just outside your house? No, no, it it's up? it's in the lockup. Okay, <laughs> good stuff. So you're going to have a lot of room if it's a 16 seater. Yeah, bus. no, it's it's like a little house for inside. So the way I looked at it is, I, I I kind of said like, well, if I have to isolate inside my house four walls, mm-hmm. what's the difference in isolating inside a van? So pandemic or no pandemic, yeah, you would like to be gone. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I mean, that all going well that we can get out of the country, mm-hmm. and then we can get into another country. So what would be your first stop? Obviously, would it be a ferry France. across to into the France. UK and, or a ferry into France? Yeah. Okay. And then just start working our way around. Okay. 
Okay. Wherever we can get to. <laughs> Have you got somewhere that you would love to go to in particular? I would love to. My well, One of my first things I would like to visit is the Chateau. I don't know if you've ever watched Escape to the Chateau. Oh, yes. Little bits Dick of and it. Angel. Mm. I just love them. And I really want to go and see the you Chateau. Want to go there. I want to go to the Chateau. Okay. And any far flung places that you'd like to go to? Mm. Not particularly. I want to stay in Europe as such because obviously we don't want to be too far from home, I suppose, realistically. Mm. Um, but we just want to travel. We want to see places, we want to go do something that we've never done before. And as you said, you'll be 50 next year. Mm. Like, is it a is it a case of I'll, I'll do it now or and, or I'll never do it? Or that's, would you be willing to push it on two years? when That's the thing. If I don't do over? it now, I probably won't have the guts to do it again. OK. I won't have the, the, the drive to say, look, let's do it. So, like... Both of us work in the same place. So that was a big issue asking for a year out. But we work up at K-Sport and Custom Workwear and they were amazing. They were brilliant. They said, go for it, lads. Okay, you know, so So you have to do it now. So we we, we really want to do it. (laughs) It's just to get the tickets sold now. Yeah. And are you excited about it? Or just sometimes I wonder if you wake up and think, oh, I'm about to raffle my house. Scared. My husband's (laughs) car. Not so much. Well, not so much raffling the house. The car is to to get the tickets sold. Mm. Because I suppose at the end of it, we could get all the way to the end. The winner, obviously, fair, you know, fair dues. They're after paying for their tickets. They get a nice big wad, but Mm -hmm. we might get nothing. Yeah. You know, so that's your biggest worry. So you're totally, it sounds like your mind has now, you're, you're doing focused nothing. Focused on yet. selling tickets. And focused on travelling next <laughs> yeah, year, no definitely, matter what. Definitely. <laughs> like the main reasons, I suppose, that brought it home to us is we both lost a parent in the last couple of years. Okay. And we thought, you know, life is too short. We need to do something mm-hmm. that they never got a chance to do. And we will never get a chance, certainly again. Mm-hmm. And I always remember when I was younger, one of my aunts said to me, travel now and you've no responsibilities. And I remember even when I bought my first car thinking, now I have a responsibility. <laughs> a I can't go anywhere. And I suppose that's what happens when you get, as you continue to get older. You it is, c- yeah. You collect things almost. So suddenly it's hard with a mortgage or with kids or with, you know, parents to yep. actually leave that all behind. Well, we, have, we have one daughter. Okay. I think she thinks we're going through a midlife crisis. And what age is she? <laughs> She's 27. Okay, so you don't need to look after her. No, no. She can do her own no, thing. No, she can look after us when we come back, when we, <laughs> when we spent all our money and we have nothing left. <laughs> and she thinks you're having a bit of a midlife yeah, crisis. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I think you're great. I think you're grabbing life by the horns and that's what it's that's all what about, it is. Yep. isn't it? Well, look, let's let people know how they can buy a raffle ticket if they want to. They can go onto your Facebook page, Rose. It's Prize Home Waterford if you want to search for that. And and then the raffle is a raffle site called Raffle. Is that right? So it's www.raffall.com. Okay, good And you stuff. can go in through there and you can sign up and buy tickets that way. Brilliant. But probably the best place to go to have a look at this house and <laughs> this nice fancy car um, that you could be buy that you could be owning and get a raffle ticket for is Prize Home Waterford. Listen, best to look. As you said, 12,000 down. Yep. So another, what is that, 68,000 tickets to go. And you're doing it up until the 20th of December. That's it. OK, so just under two months to go. So uh, that's a lot of raffle tickets, but I really do wish you the best. Thank because, you very much. as I said, it is my dream just to go and see the world. You must feel like you're going to be so carefree for the oh, year. It's going to oh, it'll be amazing. I, 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 I'm trying not to think about it so much, but... When I do think about it, I'm like, oh, cannot wait. Yeah. Cannot wait. And then a year you'll come back and go back to the job and back everything. Back to the job, yeah. Okay, yeah. Brilliant. So lovely to talk to you today and best of luck with everything. Thanks a million, Orla. 
The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, as the weeks draw closer to Christmas, I'm going to be chatting to local businesses and online stores about their products as we try to shop local in these ridiculously strange times at this stage. And my next guest is a Kilkenny woman who's branched from the world of online accessories into designing bags that she's had handmade by master craftspeople. Nikki Hoyne is the woman behind the Nikki Hoyne collection and she joins me on the phone this morning. Hiya, Nikki. Hi, Orla. Thank you so much for having me oh, on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for chatting to me. I used to love browsing on your online store that you've stopped now called My Shining Armour. I know. I broke a lot of hearts, <laughs> so I did. That was I a really little did. treasure I, trove, wasn't I it? No, Yeah, uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Like, people loved it. And the, the I don't know, I suppose I was, I, oh, it was all about, for me, like, making people happy and giving them exciting products and I suppose that's what captured the hearts of people and and you know and with social media like it was very it was very new back in 2014 when I launched like an independent shop you know I remember my uncle being like you want to sell uh, jewelry online <laughs> really you know where and, and now it's and, and the packaging I was all into packaging I was mm. into experience and people yeah. would be like why are you spending money on that stuff like jeez you're putting a brown envelope cost you 20p whatever um, but it definitely, it's about, I think, independent business is about hearts and minds and, you know, being a community and loving people and they love you back, really, mm-hmm. and enjoying, you know, just making connections as opposed to kind of your chains, doors and all that crack. And and as things have grown and developed, you know, my Arm was innovative and creative and I loved it and I achieved I, my wildest dreams of it. I never in a million years thought I would be nominated for awards, shipped into 41 countries, Vogue, Cosmopolitan, like all these crazy things that mm-hmm. were just amazing. Um, but it kind of came to the point where I, I suppose 2015, 2016, there was a, it was kind of, it was the high, high. And I think people really embraced online selling and it was kind of the more and more and more. And now as it kind of developed, I kind of lost that. Like I just love to to be in business and to be creative and to find new ways of doing things. And I think I just learned where things are coming from and I just saw different products and I just felt like I'd done everything I wanted with my shining armor. It was not it was time to innovate again and to look up the way the world is and the consumers changed, I've changed. So I kind of set about about two years ago and it's taken that long to, you know, to make something well. My collection is, you know, statement handbags. I wanted them made in Europe. I wanted them to be really high quality. And I wanted, you know, to know the process and know who everyone getting paid. And, you know, you get pushed back on like, oh, it's very expensive. But like that's how much it costs in yeah. 2020 to do these things. And I have to say, um, you're talking to yeah. someone who loves a high-end bag. My trusty Anya Hindmarch is sitting here beside me. When I bought it, I bought it in an outlet store, so I didn't pay full yeah. price for it. But when I bought it, I had so many people either saying, oh, great buy, or why did you spend that much money? That was six years ago. I don't have any other bags on day-to-day, and it will be my bag for another 10 to 15 years. I think... You know, there's a certain cohort of people who really get yeah. the benefits of a well-made bag. I think I was always the person who I lo- I like. I love fashion. I love accessories, mm. but I love them forever. Mm-hmm. And I only, as a rule, buy things that I love. I don't want to buy something and then in three weeks or in a year that I'm like, oh, I have to throw that out. Yeah. Like that that breaks my heart. So I've always been someone who 
I want something to last forever. And I have shoes that are just bits, but I won't throw them out because mm-hmm. I'm like, I love them. Um, and really with my bags, I was like, I want, like, how cool would it be in 20 or 30 years to be walking down the street and someone has, you know, one of the original exactly. bags? Like, that's what I, these aren't made to be thrown away or to be, you know, to, to love them. And if, and that's why they're a bit out there. Like, there's polka dots and there's mad colours and there's croc and it's kind of, it's it's a practical bag it's very um like it's a camera case style so it's a very practical crossbody bag loads of space in it you fit everything in it everything but the kitchen sink you know it's a real it's a great handbag mm. and they are pops of color and they're beautiful leather and they will last you and if you see something and you love it you know if, if it's that little bit extra, it's worth it because, you know, cost per wear, you're you're getting 20, 30 years totally, out of it. Totally, thank you, know? you. You have verified everything that I said, mostly to people like Alison. I could justify any prices. I <laughs> but I suppose in creating six different camera bags at an yeah. expensive enough price point, are you looking at a very different customer then from maybe my yes. shining armour? It is a different customer, and that was something. So I closed my shining armor. Like, I was kind of moving on from my shining armor about a year ago, and then the pandemic came, and I kind of went, right, Nikki, put your head down and make this new the collection way better than you ever imagined. And things were starting to come together then, but I just went for it. And I knew, like, I knew there was going from, say, a 30 to 50 euro price point to a 200 euro price point. I was like, I need to explain this and bring people on the journey, let's say. So kind of pre-launch, I built a lot of, I story told, you know, this is what it is. And it's important that I talk about the quality. I talk about the conscience. I'm very, I don't really like the word sustainability. I feel like it's kind of incorrectly labeled. And you, for example, you call vegan leather sustainable, but in actual fact, vegan leather is plastic. Like it's, it's, it's polyethylene, which mm-hmm. is a plastic and 90% of vegan leather is plastic. It's very hard to, be it's like it's impossible to be sustainable in 2020 but it's, it is possible to make the right choices for you and what you feel is right and ask questions so it's important to understand where things come from and that's kind of where you get to a price point that everyone in the process has been paid properly there is no question mark over where did you know that leather come from who made it you know they're responsible tanneries and i'm picking responsibly sourced materials over who knows, let's just get it in and be grand, you know. And are you thinking but about it, sustainability? I know you're thinking about durability, but, but is sustainability something that's in your mind oh, as well? Oh, definitely. Okay. Like, it, it, like um, my packaging, I was like, I don't want any plastic. So my packaging is biodegradable, recyclable if you had to, but biodegradable is better, and it is compostable. For me, it was really important that I was, it was a conscious brand. So there's no plastic in the packaging. There's minimal packaging. Like in my shining armor, there was like gold foil Mm. and, you know, it was beautiful and there was packets of sweets in it. I'm like, I don't even have a postcard going out in it. You know, my packaging is made in Ireland. So it's all about kind of a low mileage, as low mileage as possible. Okay. And that was important um, to you. And yeah, it's very important that kind of everything just, is as sustainable and like ethical as possible. Have you a favorite of these bags, Nikki? I know which one is my favorite. Oh, Are you a favorite. 
like the kids now picking one. <laughs> I I love them for di- I love a pop of red. I do love the red. I do one. love that. I think that's a kind of an everyday, but also a fabulous yes. summertime bag. The blue. You know? I really like the polka dots. I was like, I can be a bit out there now. I have kids. They choose with their taxis. They look like a yellow car taxi cab, and they're mad. I have. I wear mad things. Okay. I wear sequins and all sorts. And I really was like, Am I going too far with these? Are these a bit out there? And I like. I love them and I think they're so different. And that was the point. What was the point in doing a black bag or a brown bag? Like you can get a camera case of black. You can get a camera case of brown. I was like, Nikki, if you're going to do this, go for it. Go wild and be different. And my God, the reaction to the polka dots is just mad. The blue one is number one and the mint one is number two. And they are, they're different. You'd never see anything like them. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. Why Why be the same when you can be different and why not just, you know, what, like, it, and it works because it's who I am and it's my brand and that's, that's who I am and I think that's what people loved about my shining armour. I always went out to find new mm-hmm. things and different things. I wasn't going, oh, you know, every shop in Kilkenny is selling this so I'll sell it or however it was, you know. Now, as I said, everyone is thinking Christmas these days. I know it's yes. like, actually, it's two months from today that Christmas uh, is happening. Oh and I'm goodness. already, I've bought, I've bought the big presents. Ooh. Have you found that with your bags that people are now um, thinking oh, of Christmas? Definitely. Like, um, people are definitely, the feedback is like, oh my God, it's on my Christmas list. Definitely. And I think, you know, we all need something to put a smile on our face at the moment. And I think I think people like I personally I my career was in I was in London in fashion uh, fashion brands and fragrance so I we were talking about Christmas from January February <laughs> so when I came home I was like why is no one talking about I'd be chasing magazines in like August September going write gift guides and they'd be like no no come back to us in October <laughs> like no no you know so right now is the time when people are there you know we're are. Our eyes are open. We mightn't be buying yet, but we're definitely considering our options, or deciding hinting. what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a few hints going like, out there as well. Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, and just with the current situation as well, like people are kind of trying to just be organized and get them get themselves set up. So they're like, right, you know, I think still sales always end up that last week of before Christmas is always insane. But there's definitely people and you know they've mentally gone yeah I'm getting this for that person this for this person and you know they might wait till payday they might get half their presents in November but now is that you're selling it now you're 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 storytelling it now and and the sale will come you have it all planned out well nickyhoyne.com is the website if you want to look at those six fab camera bags from polka dot to croc to leopard print they're all there um you're usually based in london but you came home Home to Kilkenny just before pandemic Yeah, I came home in March uh, for my dad's birthday and to be here for St. Patrick's Day. You know, cause they don't sell it, they don't take the day off over there. I was like, oh, here's going home. Um, <laughs> and I never went back, never went back. It's been six months. I just moved into a new place. In London or in Kilkenny? Yeah. In London, yeah. In London, And you yeah, haven't seen I that just, place in a while then? I haven't. My friend goes in. She, I, had most, I, can't, I can't deal with it. She goes in and she kind of checks up on things. But yeah, look, it is what it is. I prefer a million times over to be in Kilkenny over London. I'm safe here. My family are close by. You can get out fresh air. You know, it's just London. You're on public transport. And people just don't seem to be taking the situation as seriously over there. And, you know, I, I'm kind of, as long as my people are good, 
I'm good. And that's kind of where I'm at with the whole situation. And yeah, it's it's just let's just get through it and keep positive. And I have been actually share. I started this week sharing on uh, IGTV tips for businesses because I think a lot of people are suddenly finding themselves online and they're kind of asking me questions. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I, I'm selling handbags don't save lives and I can't tell people with a handbag. But, you know, I can put a smile on their face, but also if I can share these tips. So it's something I've been doing and I'm hoping to just in the next couple of days now, time is of the essence. And as I was saying, like now's the time to be planning and storytelling your brand and getting in people's heads. So it's important that if people are online, you know, that I can help them. For me, I feel like it's, I get it. It's human behavior and I get it. But a lot of people are quite, it's a minefield. Suddenly their shop's not open or, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever way they sold, they're now online. So for me, I'm like, right, I can share. It's not rocket science. It, it's straightforward. And I can help them by kind of getting rid of the, 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 the waffle and going, right, do this, this and this. And so, yeah, so I've been doing videos. So direct on my Nikki Hoyne Instagram account, I, on ATV, I'm doing short little videos covering everything from Instagram to like working with influencers, how to get online, um, you know, the different websites, pricing, everything. Like, and send me questions and I'll answer them. Oh, and brilliant. Okay. It'll all be there. Yeah. There you Brilliant. go. Could talk. talk away forever. I know. Sorry. Me too. Me too. Uh, well, yes, if you want to check out Nikki and those videos she is making, it is Nikki Hoyne. And then her Instagram for her bags are is the Nikki Hoyne collection. Have a look at them because they are beautiful both inside and out. Nikki, it was so lovely to talk to you this morning. Thank you so much for having me on. Brilliant. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. October is ADHD Awareness Month and one of our presenters here at Beat uh, was born with ADHD. He's going to chat to us about his experience uh, in a moment. But before that, um, Ken Kilbride from ADHD Ireland is on the phone to explain the disorder more. You're very welcome, Ken. Good morning, Ayla. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, I'm going to ask you in a nutshell, can you explain what ADHD is? So ADHD is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. So within that, there's three things. So there's Attention Deficit. Now, that's a little bit of a misnomer, to be honest. Uh, People with ADHD can have the same amount of focus as anyone else. Um, It's just the inability to retain focus is the problem. So the mind goes from one item to another, from one item to another, from one item to another. Then there's the two other behaviours that go with it, which is impulsivity. um, And that's what's called a lack of executive function. And um, so probably the, the acronym or the thing out there is, you know, uh, people with ADHD brain have a Ferrari engine for bicycle brakes. And um, so, again, as things think, they go straight to the brain and they work on them. Then the other one is the hyperactivity, which is, you know, driven by a motor on the go all the time. Dave just nodded his head there at the lack of executive function. So that Ferrari engine, but bicycle brakes, you, you would agree with that for yourself? Yeah. Absolutely, completely. It's like um, it's like just a constant um thing on fire in your brain. It's like constantly going, constantly worrying. It's it's really annoying. It's very hard to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I totally get that. Okay, Grant, that's very interesting. And and do people with ADHD usually have all of these different traits, or just some of them manifest themselves more? Ken, um, of those three behaviors, is what's called um, you can have, just have attention deficit and have ADHD. You just have the hyperactivity and have a but the most common one is the combined, where you have a bit of both. Okay. Now, but you do just need to say, you know, when people are saying this, you know, and, and they think about it, you know, um, when you do these online tests, and we all do them, um, you know, um, 
do you get bored when you come to the end of tasks? You know, are you hyperactive at times? You know, we're all a little bit ADHD, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. But it's only when it becomes a difficulty in your life or an impairment does it become ADHD. Okay, okay, that's interesting. And that's a very critical difference for people with ADHD as opposed to people, you know, who, you know, are for keys today. Yeah. How do you feel then about, you see people in popular culture saying things like, oh, I have a bit of ADHD. Like, is that a bit of a derogatory thing to be saying? It is, yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, as I say, it is a serious condition. And this is, you know, where, you know, things have changed over the last number of years. You know, there was a perception that just children had ADHD. Um, and there was another perception out there, you know, it was just the naughty child syndrome. Um, or it was caused by bad parenting. But we now know from, you know, lots of brain imaging work that people with ADHD have a different brain chemistry and there's a different brain structure. And it goes into adulthood. And this is the the difficult part. And, you know, it's great that you are talking to an adult today. Adults with ADHD who have an untreated, unmanaged, you know, they're showing higher rates of marital breakdown, Mm -hmm. um, higher rates of unemployment, um, higher rates of substance misuse, particularly around alcohol, cannabis, and higher rates of car crashes. Um, higher rates of um, SUDs. So there's lots of other things that happens when you don't have it and you don't manage it and you go into adulthood with the condition, you know, anxiety, depression. So it is actually a very serious condition. Mm. And, you know, for the last number of years, it just simply hasn't got the, the knowledge around it that it deserves. Yeah. Um, it is ADHD Awareness Month, as we said. What would you like to be people to be aware of when it comes to ADHD in both children and adults? What would you like their take home to be on this disorder? It's a real condition. You're born with it and it has lasting lifetime impacts. Okay. All right. There are ones to remember. Ken, thank you so much for talking to us this morning. That is Ken Kilbride. He's the CEO of ADHD Ireland. Dave, you nodded your head a lot through that. It's just um, interesting to, to have a, an expert because I haven't obviously spoken to an expert about ADHD since I was diagnosed. Do you know what okay. I mean? It's been what a long time. What age were you time. diagnosed? I actually can't remember. I think it was, basically, I, I do remember in fifth class in primary school going to get tests. Um, so we, I like was taken out of school one day and we went to Dublin. And well, Can you remember why that was? What, what was going on? I remember that the second day of fifth class, I think it was fifth class anyway, or fourth class it was, um, that my teacher rang my mum and was like, hey, will you come in for a chat? And mum mm. was like, it's only the second day. What the hell has he managed to do now? <laughs> was that what you were that kind of child? Yeah, what has he done exactly. Now? Like, okay. What has he done now? And uh, so she, th- she she rang my mum and, and then my mum went in. She said, look, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't made any, he hasn't matured. He hasn't, uh, you know, gone forward with with how he wants to learn or, or anything. And it's only the second day and I'm realising this. And mum was like, right, well, there's obviously something there. And my teacher was going, no, he's just not interested. Okay. And mum was going, no, there's, there's, that's not possible. Do you know what I mean? So he, your mum was your... My mum is, yeah. She's, she had she, your back. She did. She genuinely did. Mm. And she's she's brilliant because she thinks of everything, you know. And so she, we brought, we went up, we got tested. And um, I don't even know if, if I was diagnosed at that time. I can't fully remember. But then I remember going into first year and uh, or second year, I think it was. And then I... I got I forgot fully diagnosed, so I went like every I think every three to six months I went to this place called Barlow House, which is in Navan in County Mead, and uh, they basically just like prescribe you um, medication. Uh, now my mom was very very wary about putting me on medication, mm-hmm. but I said sure, look, let's try it. And I remember getting my first A like in an exam um, when I took the medication, so I was like, oh yeah, no, this is this is great. Like, a, how like, did that make you feel? Did it calm down? The or? medication. Yeah, once you take it. Honestly, um, I hated it because mm. it makes you feel 
real sick and I didn't eat for I wouldn't eat for the entire day I wouldn't talk to anyone because you just felt so lousy so you almost kind of had no option or no choice but to just look at the board and Mm -hmm. hope something goes in and luckily enough it did to be fair so I was kind of like right this is worth it I'm getting A's in maths I've never gotten A in my life do you know what I mean I failed everything up until I took this uh this pill and uh, so then I, I was like oh sure I'm going to stick on stay stay on with it now I don't know if this was like this for anyone else who's taken it but I remember like say if I take take the, the medicine and then the next day I didn't my hormones or something would be okay. so unbalanced yeah. that I'd be so hyper the next day okay. because the day before I had taken the medication and I was so calm the next day I didn't take it and I'd be wild do you know what I mean saying things that so I would get in trouble where are you now then are you, is there still medication in your life no or? there's no medication okay. anymore it was only for concentrating on things because that's what my mom said to the to the doctor when he uh, said about the medicine she was going he can't he can't have attention deficit disorder he he can remember every single song he's heard once he can remember he can tell you any line from any movie and i was saying and the doctor said to her yeah because he's interested in it um and mom was like oh so he's just not interested in school and when people say that you know when someone says oh he's just not interested in school it's not my choice it i flick off i switch off as quick as it takes to blink do you okay. know what I mean? So it's it's quite difficult to, but to that actually... Must have, and it must have been quite hard for someone outside of your family and circle because it would be just seen as a lack of focus. Exactly. And, it and would have been like, oh, he's just, he's just not interested yeah. and that's a bit rude. Yeah. I genuinely can't control it, but it happens in conversations in everyday life. Do you know what I mean? I could be talking to anyone in work and I would literally be like, hey, can you actually just rewind there 30 seconds because I'm after phasing out completely. Okay. Uh, and it's so really that's embarrassing. exactly like Ken was saying that you have a same amount of focus but you have problems retaining that focus yes okay completely um, he said a lot of things about kind of later life and all the things that can affect if it, if it hasn't been treated properly but you've obviously had a diagnosis yeah. and have gone through the whole treatment where are you today with it today I get in a lot of trouble and I think if I was, <laughs> I think if I was, um, you're a bit old to be getting into a lot of trouble. Where like, are you getting I into just, a lot I of trouble? I just, I just think like I say the wrong thing sometimes, and someone might come up to me and work and go, you know, you can't say that. You know what I mean? And I'd be like, oh god, I didn't even think that was the thing. Do you know what I mean? Or I didn't, I didn't even realize that I said that or something like that. Um, so I can, it can, it can get me into a lot of trouble. This is why I'm, I'm always so grateful that I'm not like a, a celebrity or something on the Graham Norton show because. I will just say whatever comes to mind. Mm. And I, I know people are going, um, oh, he's just one of those. He's just a, a not a nice person because he's just, oh, I'm just a, one of those quirky th- people. I say whatever's <laughs> on my mind, like Sam McCall. <laughs> uh, but I genuinely can't control it. If it's in my mind, I'm just going to say it. It's going to come out of my mind. reaction. Exactly. It just okay. kind of comes out. Uh, so I'm very, very impulsive. Uh, I thought the other day, it was I think it was Monday, I was just like, God, we're going to lockdown now. Do you know what? I'm going to buy a PlayStation. And on Tuesday, I bought a PlayStation. Whether anyone else would probably think about it for a couple of days mm. or I didn't want to think about it because I thought I'd talk myself out of it. Has ADHD any advantages in your life? Um, has it any advantages? I suppose you can kind of use the excuse if you do actually kind of clock out. If, if someone's yeah. talking to you, uh, you can go, sorry, uh, I wasn't listening there. I completely turned off. You can off. explain it really easily. Uh, yeah, and they yeah. go, why Why did you do that? I go, oh, ADHD or whatever. Um, now, to be fair, I wasn't actually diagnosed with ADHD. I was diagnosed with ADD. Okay. But I've been told that that's kind of an outdated term now. Okay. It's just like a blanket ADHD. Yeah. So yeah, that that's kind of the only advantage. Mm. I it it is quite it can be really tough sometimes, especially my girlfriend who's explaining something for me and my phone will ding. 
and instantly she'll stop talking because she knows my mind is gone. I'm out. I'm I've clocked out. And she also knows to go to that phone. Yeah, to mm-hmm. to go to the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be anything. Like it's ADHD awareness month, and we were saying as well about popular culture, culture, and people saying, "Oh, this is a bit of my ADHD." Does that annoy you? I probably because of my ADHD just interrupt them and be like, "I actually have ADHD," <laughs> uh, and then go, "Why the hell did I say that? Why did I say it like that?" Uh, but it doesn't bother me. Like I wouldn't self-diagnose. But if people want to go, "Oh, it's a little bit of ADHD," it won't bother me. I wouldn't say it to anyone mm. you know what I mean everyone who has ADHD because everyone is different but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind okay. at all and you are very open about having ADHD yeah I, I, I remember someone asked me um, someone asked me upstairs why how come you're so comfortable talking about it and I was going is it do I have to, should I be embarrassed about it should I, should I not talk about it and I was, I was really confused I was going oh maybe maybe other people don't talk about this I'm not sure I don't see the, the issue with it all I, all I, all that it is, is I've, I'm a bit impulsive and I can't concentrate fully on what people are, are saying and I you know I say the wrong thing sometimes or I'm yeah uh, so but I don't find an issue talking about it at all okay well as we always say, it is good to talk and to yeah. talk about all different subjects. Um, thanks, Melon, for chatting to us. No hassle. That is double IMRO award winning, Dave. Oh, hey, double. I like that. Will we say that from now on? Multi award winning. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yes, yeah, thank that's you. That's my aim in life. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get more details on ADHD and ADHD Awareness Month, you can go to ADHDIreland.ie. Chat soon, Dave. See you later. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102103. the voice of our head of news. Dean Egan because four days into level five restrictions and the confusion about what we can and can't do continues. No, you can't have someone in your house, but yes, you can meet one other household outside in a public space like a park or a beach within your 5K. Yes, you have to train individually on your own, but you can also meet someone outside. Oh, it's just very, very confusing. So Dean is here. He's been making sense of the restrictions for us and he's here this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Orla. How are you? I'm really well. How are you doing day four into level five? Day four into level five. And I think the general consensus is people feel like the, the lockdown at the start of the year was very much brand new to everybody. And we were all, you know, it, we all felt restricted and we, we had to do our bit to curve the spread of COVID-19 as we do in this lockdown. But I think, like you say, there's a lot of people at the moment that aren't sure. They're, like there's quite big differences between lockdown one and lockdown 2.0 as it's been dubbed yes um, shall we say and And this one maybe i'm wrong maybe you feel differently it doesn't feel as hemmed in as the first one did which is an odd thing to say because we're heading into you know clocks are back we're heading into the depths of winter now but i don't feel as hemmed in as i did back in march absolutely and i think that is the general consensus and even driving to work like i travel from carlo down to waterford Mm. uh, as i did today and i do every day for work and there, there's more traffic on the roads mm-hmm. and you wouldn't feel like you were in the midst of a pandemic if you're on the roads because obviously schools are still open. And you obviously did that drive back in lockdown 1.0. I never did the drive. I walked to work, so I was never on the road. Were the roads just dead then? There, there was nobody on okay. the roads, which was so strange. And it felt almost surreal. It, it did feel like you were in living in a dream or, or a nightmare probably is, is a better <laughs> descriptive of what we lived in. But but now, because schools are back, like that's how many thousand people yeah. across the country and that are on the roads. can continue and things like that. So you're seeing a lot more vans and trucks. and Vans things. and trucks. And then obviously the essential workers and people that fall into the essential bracket are on the roads as yeah, well and are more than last time as well but I suppose with, with uh, 2.0 as we'll call it we're in level 5 restrictions it's going to be here for 6 weeks which brings us up to the start of December and I suppose the, the main points even people that would ring the station going oh I'm not sure can I do this and do you know if I can do this um, it, it's 
you are asked to stay at home. Essentially, that's what we've been asked to stay at home. People should work from home unless they are providing an essential service. And of course, then if their physical presence is required in their workplace, like construction workers, Mm -hmm. like ourselves, working journalists, radio presenters, we can't exactly do our job from home mm-hmm. as as well as we can when we're in the office. So so we're all allowed be be in our workplaces. But um, people are permitted to exercise in the radius of five kilometres. And I suppose that's a main thing that came from lockdown 1.0, as it's called. You were told to stay within the five kilometres of your home. Uh, and that's for exercise. And I think the big difference this time is that the, there is a penalty if you're caught yes. outside of your five kilometres. And, mm-hmm. and although it, it's not exactly signed in right now, they're very close to doing it. Uh, and the talk is that it will be a 500 euro on the spot fine if you're outside of your five kilometres with, with no valid reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably a big difference from lo- the first lockdown uh, is these penalties that that will be there. And I think this will motivate people more to stay at home and to think about why they're going out and if they really need to, if it's essential. Absolutely. And I think beca- because there are penalties or there will be, it, it might make people question when they're getting into the car if they're going oh I have to go here kind kind of go well is it worth 500 euro if I'm caught because it's not a valid excuse under the NEFA guidelines mm. and I think everyone uh, should be aware of that there is a lot of talk around penalties and fines we will know more about that when they're actually signed in um, no visits to people's homes or gardens I suppose mm-hmm. is a big change because obviously in level 3 you could mix with one other household you could be outdoors or indoors yeah. in a social bubble that's gone now as well um, but there, you can meet someone outside from you can meet another household even outside and go for a walk or go to the park and this is where I get quite confused because um, during level 4 I think individual training to me I thought was that you could go to your trainer and train with them whereas it's you're training on your own in on level your 5 own. But you can still meet someone outside. So you, you could go for a run with someone, for example, if you maintain social distance and we're not in someone's house. Exactly. So you Ooh. can meet one other household yes. outdoors. So that could be in a park. And like you say, for your exercise, go for a run. Keep your two metres apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, wear your mask if you deem that necessary. Masks, facial coverings, they're a big thing at the moment. Okay. Can't um, do that when I'm running. I'm afraid I find it hard enough getting up the stairs with it on. Absolutely. But I mean, if you have your two distance, and yeah, your two, two metres and you're outside... Do you know what I mean? Um, there shouldn't be any organised indoor or outdoor events. Another thing that's different with the fines and penalties is if you're caught having a house party, it's a two and a half thousand euro fine. Mm-hmm. So essentially that could be if the guardy come to your door and there's anybody in your household that shouldn't be there, whether you call it yeah. a party or not, uh-huh. you're putting yourself in line for a two and a half Imagine. thousand euro fine. Imagine. Again, asking yourself, is it worth it? And I think that is the thing you need to ask yourself. Do you need to do this? Is this breaking the rules? Because I've seen a lot of stuff on social media about people talking about how they'll get around the rules. And it's hard to keep what our objective in this situation is. And obviously that is, I am not speaking to the converted or anything. It is that we're trying to lower the amount of numbers that in order for this to rectify itself, we need to get under 100 a day. And we are over 1,000. We are over 1,000 and that's been a consistent trend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, we had two days in a row where we broke records uh, that that didn't exist. That no one wanted to break. In March, um, we reached the highest number of daily cases in Ireland. Um, uh, 
in as part of this most recent phase of restriction. So, I mean, Dr. Tony Houlihan, the chief medical officer, he's very uh, keen to get the number down, as is the entire country. And I think the general consensus is if we can get to that point by the first of December, the first week of December, the end of November, the six week period, that people will be able to have some kind of a Christmas and that people will be able to uh, move back to level three. So mm-hmm. you could have the mix of households for Christmas mm-hmm. and you could have some kind of normality, I suppose, as well. And that that is the big thing, getting the R number down and just getting the cases, like you say, to 100 a day and having a main been able to maintain where we're at because obviously the experts from the World Health Organization our own experts in Ireland they all say we won't have zero COVID until there's a vaccine nobody knows when that's going to be so we have to operate in the best case scenario Mm. and that is getting to the 100 cases a day moving to level three gradually getting ourselves out where we are with these restrictions um, and you know working towards some kind of normality at the end of the year and that's Fingers the big crossed. call that everyone does their little bit follows the level 5 restrictions and you know maybe by the 25th of December we can mix with family because at the start of this pandemic thinking of Christmas we were all thinking the end of the It'll summer we'd be back to normal <laughs> yeah. look at us now do you know what I mean oh look at us now look some really good points there and I think there was a lot of confusion this week and I also realised from, from my own students even that not everyone is consuming the news sites on Twitter and consuming Neffet's press conferences, you know. So there's a lot of information out there and it's quite hard to break it all down. So thank you for doing that for us today, Dean. Um, and just, I suppose, Arla, just before we go, a lot of people wonder when, when they say essential travel. So I suppose we would just really yeah, quickly tip on a couple mm-hmm. of what what actually warrants essential travel outside of your five kilometre. So obviously it's to shop for essential items. People in rural Ireland might have to travel Definitely. 10 kilometres to get yeah. to their nearest shop. Uh, travel to and from work when you are an essential service and must be present. Medical appointments and to collect medicines and other health products uh, for vital family reasons. And that's such as childcare. If you have elderly or vulnerable people in your life that you need to see or particularly those who are living alone as part of an extended household but obviously excludes social family visits to attend a funeral or a wedding for farming purposes which covers food production and the care of animals and then on compassionate grounds it's to visit a grave so you can go and and visit a grave of a loved one outside of your 5k Mm -hmm. and again different from when we were back in March and April exactly but again we're not trying to get around the things, you know. We're not going to fill the car with our family of six. To and visit, then if absolutely you're stopped, not you to visit, a, visiting grave. visiting a grave. And I mean, the Gardaí will be taking their own discretion too. Yes, okay, good to know. And also, we have made a comprehensive video on everything Level 5, if you want to check it out, on our Beat social media platforms. You know the score. It's Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Before you go, what's your, what's your big lockdown 2.0 tip? Mine... In lockdown 1.0, I'd say people are sick of me saying this. Watched 310 episodes of, of, the, only, of the Only Way is Essex. So proud of myself. No one else seems to be. What's your one? What have you been doing? It doesn't have to be television. Um, no, and it, it's very different because in the first lockdown, it was very much like we were adjusting to to life and being stuck inside and so on. But I've kind of made the commitment to myself. I'm going to get out for a walk every day. Brilliant. I'm going to bring the dog for a walk. Just got a new dog. So adjusting to life Fabulous. with a puppy. Um, and just kind of appreciating that we can do little things and we can get fresh air and we can, um, I suppose, spend some time on our own and mm-hmm. get time to ourselves. And and we probably will never get an opportunity again where we all have such restrictions. Mm, and and just getting out and about, 
walking, talking on the phone, FaceTime, Zooms, catching up with people on a phone that you may not have spoke to for a long time. Yeah. Just little things, I suppose. And just always have the end goal that we're fighting to have uh, a decent Christmas and get ourselves out of this situation. Exactly. And we're in it together. And look, if none of that works for you, Dean, I can highly recommend <laughs> The Only Way is Essex. There's, a, I think, 26 seasons. So it's all there for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.